You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 186 of the Sprues and Brews podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. And Andy. Good evening, chaps. We've got no Jay this week. He's uh, he's being called to terror, I think, to help fortify the defences before uh, Horus's forces arrive. I believe. Well, it is it is very soon, so that that does not surprise me. And he has been paying a lot of him. And so it's just us three this evening. It, it seems that we're struggling to keep a team together for more than a week uh, on the podcast at the moment, but that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Plenty of us to go around. Um, on this week's show, we're going to be delving into one of the latest battle tomes, which I believe you have been reviewing, Andy. Yes, yeah. So we're going to be talking about the uh, Daughters of Cain battle tome that's um, gone up for pre-order this last Saturday. And um, yeah, if you're a fan of Daughters of Cain, you're definitely going to enjoy this episode. Uh, if if you had to sum up the battle tome in one word, what would it be? Aggressive. <laughs> nice. Uh, we're also going to be talking about our top three models we'd love to see from the Horus Heresy get the plastic treatment. So this is obviously on the back of all the Horus Heresy hype that's been going. Obviously, we had the open day and there's been reveals on Warhammer Community. And we're all just still very much feeling the heresy hype. So um, we're going to go through the Forge World store uh, and in our heads pick out some models that we'd love to see come out in plastic. Um, so, yeah, that should be that should be quite a bit of fun. I think there's some heresy in the news, actually, is the bat? There's a little bit of heresy in the news, yeah. Excellent. Uh, and then, of course, we'll be reading out some of the community choices towards the end of the show as well. But before we get stuck into all of that, let's talk about what we've been doing in the hobby this week. So, Andy, what have you been up to since the last podcast? Um, well, spoilers, I've been writing the Daughters of Cain review um, for the website. Unfortunately, I couldn't get a video done. Um, there was some nurglings in the system that stopped me from getting the video uploaded. So that's why we're going to be talking about it later. Um, apart from that, I was just sort of getting prepped for the uh, Throne of Skulls War in Fondia event that me and Matt went to at the weekend, mm. um, which I think it's fair to say we both had an amazing time. Yeah, we may as well should we chat about it now since uh, it's only us two on as well, isn't it? Um, it was it was really fun, wasn't it? We um, <laughs> we described it as a Throne of Skulls, not Throne of Skulls before the event. Yeah, yeah, there was. Um, some lists kicking around that you would not, uh, but were, were, were pretty strong. Um, and for those who don't know, Throne of Scores is based on um, it's equally equally scored on your gaming, your uh, favorite game votes, and your painting. So that's the three aspects of it. And some of the lists there were incredibly geared towards the gaming aspect of it. For example by taking quite competitive lists. Um, and then, obviously, there was uh, another one. There was an also got Bone Reaper army that you got to play, didn't you, Matt? That um, oh, was... Um, Lions, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that 
really encouraged the like the favorite army sort of aspect of the event um but yeah when when they announced like the lists and stuff like that there was um some pretty strong lists that were going to this event and you know thankfully uh, i think both of us managed to uh avoid those uh pretty competitive lists yeah well i mean i had i had a really good time it was it I, I think we were both a little bit concerned when we saw some of the lists going in that mm, this is a little bit uh harder than the usual uh throwing the scores and i mean we gravitated towards the bottom tables anyway um though you you did all right over the course of the weekend andy um but yeah i i played some really fun games against some gorgeous gorgeous armies in particular at um that bossy old bone reaper army um i'll talk more about that when we get to my section but yeah it was really fun yeah i mean i i came away from the event um wanting to do about four different armies and one of them was iden of deepkin because I, I played against um a guy called jonathan who had brought a nautila themed iden army with three um leviodons as his battle line and then he had um a shark and an Eidolon, and that was his army. And yeah, I needless to say, there was uh, quite a lot of walking around the shop during the weekend, and uh, yeah, I did peruse the Iden of Deepkin section. So, um, I feel, but yeah, it was. I feel much better for myself because when we went to the event a few weeks ago, I did exactly the same thing, exactly <laughs> the same army. So I, I'm glad that somebody else has now had that citation towards the same army. Yeah, I mean it was it was an amazing event. Like like we said, we got to play five amazing opponents, really really good. Um, I mean there was a Slanesh army there that was a bit like mm, you know, a bit uh, hit and miss, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, it was it was a uh, it was a great event overall, and uh, yeah, I managed to come fourth out of uh, nice. wow. out of uh, forty four. Yeah, so. I mean, looking at the scores, I think there was three of us that were joint third. Um, so yeah, I think uh, the person that beat or came third in the end won on uh, battle tactics. So it was it was really close. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I was really was... impressed, Andy. I mean, you, like you won three out of five games. So like gaming wise, you finished what mid tables. Yeah, mid tables. You had what three favorite game votes, three favorite army votes, and that bumps you up the leaderboard. It's that's the nice thing about those events. I think um, Matt, who got the best painted, and I think he might have come second overall. Yeah, he um, came second, yeah. He, I don't think he won a game or weekend, but he had a gorgeous army, and he had a bit of an, an, a narrative arc that he was playing through the weekend. So basically it was um, Nagash. After he'd been defeated by um, by Teclas, he'd, gone, he'd kind of gone back to his spirit form, and he was rebuilding his strength under the guise of like this, I don't know, samurai... Uh, daimyo or something and he had lost his books of nagash in, in the, his destruction so over the course of the weekend he was trying to reclaim these books and gather his power so he, he purposefully kind of muted the the war scroll in that the start of the weekend he didn't have any books so he didn't couldn't cast any extra spells but every game his opponent would draw three tokens out of a bag and place them on three of their units um nagash didn't know where they were but if he managed to defeat that unit, he could take that token and see if he'd found one of the books. And I was like, this is a genius idea. That's it was brilliant. so yeah. good. That's so yeah. good. Yeah, when I when I came over to the table and 
you two explained it to me. I was like, yeah, that that's the sort of thing you want to do at a friend of schools. I mean, we had our own um, hobby resolution, hobby challenge list that we took um, a similar one to the team event. Um, and I'd done a bit of tweaking, done a bit of changes to that um, and came up with um, a slightly modified, more realistic list, um, which I've actually got next to me. And out of 118 points, I managed to get 88 points of that as well. You did very um, well. Yeah, I think most of it I did in the first game. <laughs> like get tabled, you know, that sort of stuff. So, um, But yeah, no, I, I had a, an amazing time at the, the throne of schools as well. And it was, uh, yeah, it's definitely got me pumped for some more hobby and stuff. Um, apart from that, I've been um, getting... Um, uh, Games Workshop were kind enough to send us the uh, Dragon Emperor and Black Dragons for review as well. Um, so I've got them sort of on my painting desk next to me and I've been cleaning them up um, and getting accustomed to working with resin miniatures again because it's been a while since I've done any um, resin miniatures. Um, and apart from that, I've done a bit more painting on Kragnos. I'm trying to get him done. Um for end of May, hopefully, um, which is <laughs> it's approaching pretty quickly. Um, so, yeah, it, it's been quite a busy week. Um, but, yeah, I'm hoping to get Kragnos done and uh, some Easterlings painted. So, yeah. Excellent. Sounds like a really, a really fun week. Um, do we think one of the reasons there was a, there were quite a few strong lists at this event, obviously you, you both called it the front of schools, but officially that wasn't its name was it not no i think they've not they've not used the throne of schools kind of branding for for some of the recent ones and i believe the ones later in the year are now called throne of schools again so whether that's it they I mean it was very clear in the event pack and you know i guess some people unfortunately don't read the event pack always um but no, I, think, people... I think a fun time was had by all excellent some people buy tickets to kid events when they're clearly not a child Andy. this is also a thing this is also a thing yeah. <laughs> it looked fun i saw the event pack it looked fun and i'm a child at heart so you know genius um i'm quite nicely into your uh, hobby update for this week matt seeing as you attended the same set event yeah so it was so i, I took my head knights of slanesh they unfortunately didn't make the trip to um Warhammer World for the team tournament as I was struck down with uh, Nogal's plagues, but uh, they finally got to visit Warhammer World and you know what? I was pretty happy with their performance over the weekend. I did okay on my battle tactics. I only won one game, I think. Um, but I got a, a best painted nomination, which is really cool. I I kind of go for the more kind of uh, the, I guess social side rolling some dice, meeting some cool people, playing some games, so I'm not too bothered about winning the games. That's fine. If I, if I get lucky and win a couple, then awesome. Um, we didn't mention that game four was me versus Andy. So that was a good laugh. Um, and yeah, we, we it was, saw it was in, um... in turn two and uh, Slanesh suddenly kind of jumped a load of giants. Yeah, I think you killed like two giants pretty quickly. And I was kind of a bit nervous. Um and then it, it got to about turn four, didn't it? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm a bit more comfortable now. Yeah, I think one of the things is that they they are very much a, a kind of glass hammer, and I, I 
if you can if you can take the units out before I've managed to summon some things in, then they start to struggle a little bit. And hopefully we see some like changes to Slanesh and you know when they get a third edition book. But even 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 with their slightly subpar uh dice rolls that I may have had at some points over the weekend, it was really, really fun. And they and they the, the Slanesh did better than I thought they would. Um I'm I'm kind of debating what I take for um future future events. Um, mm. I know, I know. There's been some some fun stuff we've heard about stuff coming in the future, so uh, I'm sure that'll be announced soon, and, and we'll chat about that. But I don't know. We we've been talking about doing some um, Path to Glory armies, haven't we? I know you you're right. working on your Skaven, Dave, and me and Andy were chatting over the course of the weekend. It'd be really fun to to build a Path to Glory army, but also rather than take any like named characters or anything build a character on the anvil of apotheosis and then have a few different models to represent them at different power levels so one of my ideas was bust the ogres out and have a tyrant mounted on mournfang and convert him up because that would be pretty cool um also i thought oh i maybe create my own night haunt character it's my kind of like fluff in my head at the minute is that he was a poacher and obviously Nagash twists people's crimes so they can pay for it in the afterlife. So he then becomes um, kind of like the beast master of Nagash's undead animal menagerie. Ah, that's a really good idea. So that's what I'm thinking. So um, I, I think Night Hunter is going to be doing pretty well uh, based on their battle tome, which if you haven't seen it, we've got a video and review of that up. It's really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, I think I might Anvil of Apotheosis up uh, some characters. And then based on what I create, that'll be how I decide which army to, to use for our Path to Glory campaign. But it's probably going to be Night Hunter. I, I, um, I need to pick up the Fundy books. I, I really want to delve into the Anvil myself have a really good read of it and um yeah decide which which path i'm going to take uh in regards to what a hero because originally my plan was maybe a grace here but actually i'm thinking maybe a, a claw lord uh, who eventually gets like a i don't know a massive rat thing as like his mount or something i don't know i'm not sure i'll have to read the the anvil in the, the thunder book and, and make a decision yeah, I mean, you're not really using profiles from your book. You're free to create whatever you like. And, you know, it could be a spellcaster warrior person or, or whatever you want to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and in addition to that, I've also been building some stuff that Games Workshop sent us as well. So the, the, the Men of Dale have had some reinforcements with a, a command pack and a wind lance. Wind lance is really, really cool. You can actually build it so you can pivot the wind lance itself. Yeah. I've actually glued it in place because I know join every game i'd knock it and it'd like droop down so i've saved myself the grief and just stuck it in place but the option is there if you want it i've also been building dire wolves for adeptus titanicus they're the the, the odd looking chunky titans that i think a lot of people turned the nose up when they saw the preview ones but it, i i re, i've got a bit of a soft spot for the dire wolf it's a really nice little chunky titan um and again that is quite modular as well you can have the weapon swap out of the back of it and magnetize the gun arm and it can sneak up on enemies because that's what it does it can be deployed like eight inches away from the opponent as long as it's half obscured so yeah i think they're going to be pretty tasty in games of adeptus satanicus too excellent you've also been uh v- very busy um for me uh so unfortunately i didn't get to attend this event but it sounds like it was it was really awesome sounds like a, a really good one that i've missed there um 
but I have been busy in the background. Um, so I've been uh, reviewing the Imperial Nightbook. Uh, it's a video will be up um, by the time this podcast is out. Um, took me completely by surprise in that um, I had the previous Imperial Nightbook, but if I'm, if I'm completely honest, I didn't really give it that much time because I, I, I rushed out and got it, but I never really got around to building that Imperial Knight army of my dreams. Um, I only ever really used it when I used my Imperial Knight my one and only Imperial Knight with my Adeptus Mechanic. Getting my hands on the new book, um, I was very interested to see what you could do with it. In, in particular, using it as an ally, which there's some options and stuff in there, which is really... But what really I was really impressed by was if you take a Battleforged army of Imperial Knights, there's actually so many upgrades and abilities that you unlock that it, it although you may only have three or four models in the entirety of your army you've got lots of things to be balancing my favorite thing is the chivalry um so you start a battle um well when you create your list you have to pick um two um oaths um they'll have um something that will gain you other points uh, i haven't got the book next to me so i'm trying to do this from memory such as i don't know make a charge or whatever i don't think it's quite that simple but Say that's one of them, and then it'll have a downside like you'll fall back from combat. Uh, that will you'll lose an honor point for that. And as you, as you play through your games, as a, a battle, uh, in and, and lose honor points. And um, the more honor points you uh, earn, the more abilities you unlock. And then obviously as you drop down, falling back from combat and stuff, you'll start losing those abilities. And something like. You know, okay, you're not moving and shooting with many units, but you've also got this cool little mechanic going on in the side, which you don't very often get in um, M40, which I, I really like. So there's the usual, like, chapter master type upgrades, and then you've got all the different households. You've got um, traditions from... Um, you've got an army of renown in this book, which I think is the first... Edition, which has got an army of renown in there for if you want to run an army of characters or an army of free blades, which is very cool. Um, so yeah, I, I was actually really impressed with what you could do with a full battleforged knight army. Um, it, it really impressed me. Some good relics, a great book. Um, actually, as well, because we love Crusade. If you say, for example, I want to run a sister's crusade. If I want to add a knight to that, you can also add um, a, a, a crusading knight in there. So you've got your 40k crusading army, but you're still you've still got this knight element, who's also you know gaining crusade experience and uh, and stuff along as well. So you can like bring it into your narrative, which I thought was brilliant. Um, I really like that. Uh, so yeah, very impressed with that book. Make sure you check out. Um, the YouTube video, I will link it in the podcast notes, as well as Andy's um, daughter's review, as well as and, uh, Matt's uh, Nighthorn review as well. So, and, yeah, and, and Defense of the North, all sorts of reviews, and check out the website, there's pages and pages yeah. of stuff on there. It, it's been such a, such a big... Um, so yeah, so that, that that took up quite a bit of my time, but that's, that's not all I've been doing. I've also been painting rats. So I've been painting some clan rats. Um, I'm really excited for the new battle tome. Uh, I can't wait for Games Workshop to announce uh, that it's up for pre-order. I don't know when that's going to be, but I have a feeling it's going to be pretty soon. Um, so I've got lots of rats to sort of prep 
for that. I know Matt's been telling me for months, um, that, you know, I should have already been painting rats ready for this book to drop, but I don't <laughs> listen. I never listen. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm finally getting around to doing that. Um, what else have I been up to? I think that's really been it. It's been a, a busy old um, week doing other things. I have still got on my desk um, Marduk, the uh, special character for the Dark Angels for the Horus Heresy that I have not yet braved myself to build or I might get one of you guys to to, to build it because I don't really do much with resin. Um, but we'll see. Uh, he's, a, he's a really cool model and I can't wait to get started on some um, heresy myself when that when that drops um so uh so yeah um that's me really um i think that brings this first part of the podcast to a close we do have quite a bit of content to get through so we'll take a pause and we'll be right back with this week's news so what do we have in this week's news matt well, we've got a bit of a bumper week of uh, pre-orders this week with all sorts of cool stuff uh, on the way. Most excitingly, though, for you, Dave, I think, however, is Echoes of Doom, a new battle box for Warhammer Age of Sigmar, pitting the Sylvaneth against the Skaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this looks very tasty. So we talked, I think we talked about it last week on the show. It all merges together, I'm not sure. But it looks like a really, really good value one. So this one is £115. It contains 20 clan rats, 10 storm vermin, a screaming bell, and the new assassin dude. Versus three Kenneth hunters, Durthu, um, five of the, I forget what they're called, the new Gossamede archers, and yep. the Lady of Vines. Yeah. yeah. This looks super, super good. Um, I take it you'll be picking one of these up, Dave. Absolutely. Um, and you know what? I, I think that's a really nice Sylvaneth starting army, but no, it'll definitely be for the um, um kits. But that new Assassin model is very nice. And um, as every good Skaven player will know, you can never have too many too many rats. Um, so, yeah, excited to... Um, to, to you know to scrolls and stuff and also hopefully it means that the actual full battle tomes won't be too far yeah i being too far on the horizon when we had the uh i deepkin and the fire slayers come out i think the battle tomes were about a month after them so um yeah yeah it's uh, the, the question mark is is there any extra kits coming with these obviously we know there's some coming for the uh the silverness Poor Skaven, I fear it might just be the assassin, but you never know. We might be surprised. We never saw the um, the guy in the boat, the Nighthaunt, when the battle box dropped for them. So there might be still some, some surprises on the horizon. I mean, we let's not forget that they have had the cool Underworld Warband as well. I know that I know that's not a massive deal. They're they're actually quite a tasty unit, quite expensive, but quite a tasty unit. So um, so yeah. It, Eventually we'll get all these new Skaven kits, but at least um, we've got some cool. Um, I, I just want I just want the rules to be good. That's all I want. Yeah, the rules to be good, and and some awesome Path to Glory content, surely. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, if you prefer your battles in the grim darkness of the far future, uh, a new combat patrol is also on the way. Adeptus Custodes. So it has three of the jet bikes. Um, five custodies and two units of Sisters of Silence. Um, more Sisters of Silence in the box than custodies, I'd say. Um, so, yeah, it looks pretty cool one. Um, Andy, you dabbled with the custodies before, haven't you? 
Yeah, at the minute, though, the only 40k army I've actually got uh, that's done 2,000 points, but um, yeah, I'd be super tempted to pick this up to just to add that little bit more to my custodies, but um, yeah, I'm falling to the dark gods this year, unfortunately, when it comes to 40k. That's not a bad thing, Andy. All the cool kids have fallen to chaos. Um, if if you are a you know a follower of of the the corpse god sat on terror, you can also pick up the Adeptus Custodes Blade Champion. So this is um the character that was in the I say recent battle box. I think it came out just before Christmas. Um, he's a really nice model, and I think he comes with two different ways you can pose the sword and a couple of head options as well. He's twenty four pounds. He's really really nice. The other character that was also in that box, the Reductive Saboteur, the um, the, the lady with a load of bombs for the GNC of the Courts. She's £21. She's amazing. Again, you get a couple of head options on there as well. One kind of wearing goggles and another one with a horrifically scarred uh, face where they maybe stood a little bit too close to an explosion. Um, I really enjoyed using her in the battles of the GNC of the Courts. Um, yeah, and I might expand the force later. If you play Warcry, we've got a couple of releases on the way as well. And I wonder if this is getting these kits out before what we assume is a new edition of the game on the horizon. Uh, first of all, we've got the Dark Oath Savages and the Tarant- Tarantulus Brood. So these are both of the warbands that were in the Red Harvest box. They were available for the first time separately. Uh, they are £35 each and they come with all your your cards and, and stuff for Warcry as well. I suspect that we'll see some rules for them in the Slaves to Darkness Battle Tome when that comes out in the winter time as well. Um, so they're pretty cool. And then to expand your scenery collection, if you didn't pick up the um, uh, the, the recent box, you can get the um, the Bloodware, the uh, Varanite Siphon Camp and the Pit Dredger Camp scenery kits so these are two different sets they use a variety of different scenery pieces out of that box and a board for Warcry and a load of tokens and stuff they both clock in at 67 pound 50 which just shows how good value those big boxes are when they're bundled with scenery because you get a lot of stuff for your money when it's in one of those big boxes um, this yeah. stuff is really really nice yes it's designed for Warcry, but it looked just as well um on your age of sigmar table uh, you know, it's got the kind of like um, all the mining equipment and all the little kind of like runs for all the Varanite to go down. So, yeah, really, really fun stuff. Now, we have also seen um, a- another release for the Ironhead Squat Prospector Gang for Necromunda. Now, back in the midst of time, uh, the Squats had exosuits, which were basically their Terminator equivalent. And it looks like they've taken the concept and reinvented it a little bit for Necromunda. And for the brute, for um, for the uh, the squats, there's what can only be described as if a squat and a big daddy from Bioshock had a baby. <laughs> and it Great is beautiful. Analogy. Yeah, so you know, towards the squats are only little guys, so you need a big like mining rig to to help you kind of like move the rubble out the way and and melt your way through some stuff. Really, really nice kit. I, I do wonder if we'll see a Exo Armor equivalent in the leagues of Votan, who look more militaristic maybe than the squats that are living on Necromunda and are doing mining and stuff. This is very much a mining suit, uh, but it looks gorgeous. I'm not sure whether it's plastic or resin. I suspect it's going to be a resin uh, blister. Uh, it's just your brute. They, they, there's very few of them apart from the um, the, og- uh, the Ogrins and the Ambot that are plastic. 
I've got a feeling this is going to be a resin kit, but I'm going to have to get one and paint it up because it looks beautiful. We also have seen um, a scattering of Horus Heresy stuff this week. So every day, Games Workshop have been talking about a different one of the legions, what their abilities are, um, kind of what what the gimmick is with the army. Well, I thought next week we'll, we'll have seen a big chunk of those. So we'll probably run through some of the ones that we've seen. Um, but this is very exciting because every day we're working through a different legion. It does beg the question, what happens when we run out of legions? Could that be an announcement of a pre-order date, perhaps? Or even the pre-order date itself? It's about two weeks off, maybe? Based on how many legions there are left, we've already rattled through a load of them. So, yeah, I, I think we've got some exciting news on the way. We've also heard some whisperings uh, that the rumoured cost for this box is £180. That and is we know so good. Now, we know it's less than £200. We don't have any confirmation of price at the minute. I suspect this is correct, based on the fact that it looks like it's going to be the same size box as the Ash Wastes set. And they tend to price products in the same kind of sets around a similar price. Um, yeah, I mean, considering it's got the hardback rulebook in there, which let's say is, I don't know, 40 quid. We've essentially got a near on 2,000 point army for 140 quid there. Bearing in mind as well, if you order that from places such as Element, um, you can get that for approximately £144, £150, depending on what discount they do on it. Uh, Bearing in mind that this isn't a launch box, and it is, in fact, the the standard starter box that's going to be around for the life of the product range. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good, isn't it, guys? It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. When you consider how much stuff is in there, I mean... Even I would probably pick up, yeah, probably pick up two of those boxes over a period of like a year or so, mm-hmm. just because of how good quality it is. Yeah, it's uh, we we've not been able to kind of build the kits or paint them in person. We've seen them at the open day and they look gorgeous. Um, yeah, I think I think a lot of people are going to be starting brand new Horus Heresy armies this year when that drops. Yeah. Um, so, in fact, should we do a little round table now? I know Jay's not here, but what are we thinking heresy-wise? I know, Dave, you've got your eyes on the Dark Angels, haven't you? Yeah, it's it's Dark Angels all the way for me. Um, yeah, I, I fell in love with Iron Warriors a long time ago. Um, there was a lot of sort of like white dwarfs when I was a kid um, with Iron Warriors um, in battle reports and stuff like that, and yeah, since then they've just been one of my favourite legions. So why not do them for Heresy? You know, start it off with with the Iron Warriors. Although I tell you what, I'm gonna have to work out how to paint Hazard Stripes. So that's gonna be a challenge. But yeah, Iron Warriors all the way for me. Nice. Well, I'm torn. I am torn, guys. I've got some horse army. I don't really need to add any stuff. I might add a few bits and bobs if I bought, you know, a box and split it. Um, I've got an Empress Children Army that is a fair way there, but needs finishing off. So certainly Beacon Marine to look really nice in a um, Empress Children Army. I've also been tempted to do a White Scars Army, but I'd like to do that kind of like bike and jet bike heavy. So the box doesn't really suit itself to it. I did, however, at the weekend wandering around the uh, the cabinets in the museum, did did fall for the old um, World Eaters 
scheme oh. of red and white and blue. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So let's face it, I'm probably going to start all allegiance at one point or another, aren't I? There's, there's a so, lot of uh, love for yeah. there's a lot of love for the old um, for the old world eaters at the moment. You know, off the back of Warhammer Fest as well. There is, yeah. On with uh, his friends. It is, and you know, I'd, I, I think I would do a, a heresy word bearers army as well. But with the chaos between book dropping over the summer, and I'm obviously going to be painting those as world eaters. I don't want to burn myself out with the world eater scheme, a uh, word bearer scheme. Sorry. Yeah, that's fair enough. So yeah, so that's exciting. We also had another little bit of um, heresy news with the uh, reveal of the plastic Sakaran tank. Um, this is this is a, I mean the resin one was really really nice, but be able to be able to get it in plastic now as well. I know you've been a fan of this one, Dave. Yeah, and when the new Kratos tank uh, was revealed, I I do really really like the Kratos tank, but I kind of wish it had like the um, the mid front of the Sakarian, and then what do we get? A plastic Sakarian. So I'm very happy. I want both of these tanks. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think there's going to be more coming on the horizon as well, and we'll talk about it in the in the the top three later on in the show. But there's a lot of cool kits that they could make plastic that we, you know, they haven't revealed yet. Mm. Yeah, there is. It was a it was a very difficult top three. So yeah, look forward to reveal later on in the show. So yeah, quite a bit of uh, a bit of news there we have got our main segment coming up next which features the daughters and we'll come back with that so currently up for pre-order there are two new battle tomes we've got battle tome daughters of cain and we've got the battle tome nighthorn of which between you both you both reviewed for the website you can check out the articles over on spruce and Bruce. It's also uh, uploaded a video for the Nighthorn, um, but due to some technical issues, uh, there's not one for the Daughters of Cain. So we thought we'd talk about it on this week's show. Uh, and Andy uh, is going to take us through it because you have your hands on the book, I believe. I do indeed, yeah. It's uh, in my hands as we speak. And uh, yeah, what about Tome? I mean, when it comes to third edition um, Age of Sigma Battle Tomes, they're really hitting it out of a park in terms of the content and, and the balance and just the, the the actual armies themselves are becoming so much more interesting, in my opinion. And this really is apparent in this battle tome. Um, I mean, when they brought out the roadmap and said that Dust came were coming out, it was a bit of a surprise, considering how... Um, recent their previous battle tome was but when you flick through this battle tome this new battle tome you can see why they've done a new one Uh, it basically streamlines the book and it brings it into third edition with a bang Um, I mean the narrative is is very similar to what it was previously Um, you know there's a, a load of stuff talking about the different temples about Marathi about who the daughters of Cain are talking about the Slanesh, you know, how they've, you know, spoilers, imprisoned Slanesh and how Marathi's been drawing souls out of Slanesh to to create her army, effectively, of um, Melosai, the, the, the snakes and the Canari and stuff like that. 
Um, so all of that is is very similar to the um, previous Battle Tome, but they have added a bit of narrative in that just uh, goes through the Harkuron, the the new city that Marathi takes over in Broken Realms. Marathi. Um, there's a bit that um, focuses on um, the events after the Broken Realms Kragnos. Um, so again, at the end of Broken Realms Kragnos, I believe Marathi and Kragnos have a bit of a a showdown that is um, left. Um, it, they, they get interrupted basically before one of them can deliver the killing blow. And uh, the cool thing about the narrative <clears throat> for the Daughters of Cain is that the big version of uh, Marathi, the Shadow Queen, actually um, goes after Kragnos um, and leaves the little version by herself. And the little version oh. has to go after the big version because obviously their souls are sort of merged together. Um, and the little version, Marathi um, Kane, is a bit concerned that <laughs> the Shadow Queen is thinking for herself. So that that was a, a, a really cool, interesting narrative point, which I've just spoiled for uh, people who wanted to, to learn that themselves. But, uh, you know, um, I'm f- infamous for spoiling things. Um, <clears throat> in terms of, like, um, the match play stuff, they've added in battle tactics and grand strategies and stuff. Um, and it, it, it feels very similar to previous battle tomes. Um, I think in terms of grand strategies, you're probably still going to take ones from the generic core book, which is a little bit of a shame. Um, the battle tactics are quite interesting though, because some of them are quite, some of them are very situational. Like there's one that gives you, uh, you complete it if you kill two chaos units in a, in a turn, but you can only do it if you're a Hagnar or Keltnar army, which is obviously quite situational. Um, but apart from that, the rest of them are all pretty good. Like one of them is um, charge free units. Uh, but the interesting thing is if two of those units are witch elves or sisters of slaughter, you get a bonus point, which is very interesting. Something we've not seen before with battle tactics. Getting, I mean, we've seen it with, you know, if you complete it with a monster and stuff like that. But yeah, we've not really seen it in battle tomes where you get extra points for completing it under a certain circumstance which i thought was quite interesting to be honest with you it's um it saves some kind of thinking up all these in like unique ticks i guess yeah it definitely adds um a lot more and uh, for me personally that's the cool thing about this battle tome is it encourages you to take certain units to get those extra points you know it might make a difference in the game so that was uh super cool um, you get a couple of battalions. Um, one of them is um, a bit disappointing. You have to take two units of Doomfire Warlocks and four units of Canari, um, either Heart Renders or Life Takers, um, which feels a bit too uh, locked in for me. I would have preferred a bit more um, versatility in, in terms of not having to take two units of Doomfire Warlocks, only having to take one or, you know, things along those lines. Um, but the other one is um, a, a snake-heavy one, effectively. Uh, allows you to take Marathi, a couple of uh, snake heroes, a Bloodrack Medusa or uh, the Iron Scale. And then you can, if you wanted to, just fill your entire army with Blood Sisters or Bloodstalkers. Um, or you, you can take two units of them and then fill the rest of your army out with Witch Elves and stuff. That was really cool. Um, 
the big big changes in this book um come in the battle traits um so they've now got a unique heroic action which we've started to see in a lot of battle tomes like the fire slayers and stuff like that um and this one's called battle fury and basically gives one of your daughters a cane heroes who's not a monster so you know unfortunately big marathi can't do it um plus two attacks to the melee weapons which is pretty good in an army that is going to be in combat and going to be fighting um so that's really cool and then they get a unique command ability um which basically any hit roll of a six in combat um does two hits instead of one um so that's really cool obviously you know do you use that over all out attack um sometimes you will sometimes you won't um but they do have the blood rights and this is this is the big battle trait this is the big allegiance ability and i think this is going to be the main focus of daughter's armies when you're writing army lists and stuff like that so they they get abilities which are cumulative depending on the battle round and there's quite a lot of ways in terms of artifacts and command traits and temples and stuff like that which um allow you to count battle rounds as being higher for example and they're all cumulative so it's actually possible with the right temple and the right command trait and stuff like that but you can actually get your general to count um it as the fifth battle round in the first turn so obviously that's pretty good yeah so you get plus one to run rolls uh plus one to charge but the big one comes in battle round three which is plus one to hit which is effectively like a free all-out attack for your whole army um which is obviously super good battle round four you get plus one to wound so you know you look at um units like uh blood sisters for example, you know, they have free attacks, which are freeze and freeze, which are pretty respectable anyway. But on turn three, it's pos- and again, with like things like Witch Brew, now Witch Brew um, allows you to count the battle round as one higher for the Blood Right tra- table, rather than give you like uh, reroll wounds or whatever it used to be, which I think is a lot better, if I'm being honest. Um, it's a lot more fair, you know, you you are going to use Inspiring Presence with this army a lot more, um, which is only more fair, I suppose. Um, but yeah, looking at like Blood Sisters, you know, they get free attacks, freeze and freeze. With this Blood Right table, all of a sudden, they go to twos and twos. So, you know, this army is, is really scary in combat. You know, they've thrown out a lot of attacks, which normally are like freeze and freeze or freeze and fours. And all of a sudden, just from their allegiance abilities, they go up to twos and threes or twos and twos. And, you know, that, that's scary. But again, like you have to build your army in a way that really takes advantage of the blood right table. Otherwise, you'll wait until, you know, the third or fourth battle round before you get any of these buffs. Yeah. Do you think, um, Andy, realistically, people will be doing that, though? They'll obviously play a few games of the book and then gravitate towards those lists that optimize those blood rights. Yeah, so in in terms of tab- um, the temples and stuff, which I think is is great in the sense that it gives you about six different ways to play your army with sometimes similar units, but um, they all do different things. So Hagnar gives you um, all your daughter's units count about around as one higher. So turn one, you get plus one to run and charge. You throw Witch Brew on a unit, 
and you get plus one to run, charge, and hit in the first battle round, which is obviously like really, really good. But then one of the other temples um, is retreat and charge on your whole army, which again is is really, really good. Um, there's another one that gives witch elves and sisters plus one rend when they charge. So again, encouraging you to take witch elves and sisters to slaughter. Um, and then there's another one, Kilbron, that allows you to teleport units around the battlefield. So there's definitely a lot of variety and options. I think some players will gravitate towards really trying to get the most out of that Bloodright table. But you don't necessarily have to go for Hagnar to do that. And I think that's you know, the, the really cool part of the book is just a variety in terms of the options and stuff. Um, in terms of like artifacts and command traits and spells and prayers and stuff, they are very similar to the previous battle tome. There's a couple that are different. There's a command trait, for example, that allows you to rally on a 4+. plus. Um, but apart from that, they're pretty much exactly the same as they were previously, um, which I think is fine. Like If it isn't broke, don't fix it sort of mentality, um, which is good. The uh, Path to Glory... Um, in my review, there was two things that I wasn't completely happy with in the Path to Glory section. Unfortunately, was one of those sections because it just feels a bit. Uh, it doesn't feel like there's much depth to it. Um, right. So basically, for the Path to Glory, after your game, you can pick a hero or battle line unit and roll on a gladiatorial combat chart. And and that's about it. Like there's there's a couple of unique quests. One of them allows you to give one of your characters a cauldron of blood with a discount, and um, so it costs less renown points to do so, which is cool. Um, and then there's another quest which allows you to um, play like a triumphant treachery sort of game with you and two other players. And basically, the daughter cane player is trying to be the one that kills the most stuff. You know, gives the the biggest offering to Cain, their god. So there's a couple of cool things in the Path to Glory section, but for the most part, it's it's pretty small. Like if you take the scenarios out, it's only four pages. So uh, when we, when we you know you compare that to like the Fire Slayers, for example, you know they they had almost like a, a mini game where you have to sort of like um um have a relationship with like a paymaster and depending on what kind of relationship you had depended on like how many um how much ergold you got how many renown points you got and how that affected your reputation and stuff like that that sort of stuff was cool but yeah unfortunately with the daughter's cane it just feels like a a, a little chart that you roll on every now and again so yeah, that was you know like i said one of my criticisms but it's it's still good, right? It, it's still enjoyable. So, um, I mean, I'm looking at doing Daughters of Cain for um, the Path to Glory um, thing we're going to be doing later in the year. So, you know, for me, I'm quite happy with it, but I just wanted a little bit more from that section. Um, I think I think we we see this with a lot of books, don't we? And we, I think obviously we've had quite a lot of 40k books, and I've mentioned in quite a few of my reviews and on lots of episodes of this podcast that some them have some good content while others are are lacking at least what we've seen is, is uh, the thousand sums we've seen them improved in a supplement 
And also, even though we've only had so far, um, the book has added to the um, narrative of, of Path to Glory going forward. So even if the, the battle tome itself isn't providing you with the inspiration and creativity that you want, hopefully the war books will make up for that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it, like I said, it was only a minor criticism of a book, but it's, again, like you said, now that we've got like this War in Fondia book that's come out, that's given us so much more narrative for Path to Glory games that it, it's it's not really a big issue. If like like you said, it's not really a big issue if the Battle Tome doesn't give you tons and tons of Path to Glory content. Um, I just would have liked a little bit more. Yeah. Um, in terms of the rest of the Battle Tome, um, the War Scrolls themselves, they've had quite a few tweaks here and there. Not not massive changes there's, there's um um Marathi, for example is basically exactly the same as she was previously um but the little version Marathi kane now no longer gets that plus one to cast spells um don't get me wrong the only issue that i had with Marathi and and still have Marathi is the fact that her command ability allows uh, um, a big unit of bloodstorm to shoot in the hero phase um, I mean looking at a competitive daughters lists in the previous battle tome it was Marathi and 15 bloodstalkers and for me personally I look at that list and, and they've not done anything in this battle tome to, to change that to, to downgrade it you know um, which again that was my, my other criticism about the battle tome is that, that Marathi and Bowsnake list hasn't changed but at the same time that's not necessarily a negative because it allows you to play this army in a variety of different ways. And that for me is only a good thing. You know, if you want to take a competitive daughters list, you can run a shooting army, right? If you want to take a competitive daughters list, you can play around with combat armies. And I think having that versatility when, when list building is, is, is great. Um, in terms of like the rest of the changes, um, Again, things like Witch Brew um, from your Hag Queens and stuff like that, that just allows you to count the battle round as one higher now. Again, simple, streamlined. There's no rolling dice for anything like that. It, it is literally just pick a unit within 12 inches and they count the battle round as being one higher, which is great. Um, things like the Slaughter Queen, they used to have like two attack profiles. Now they've got one, which is um, slightly better than the two previously. And again, you throw that unique heroic action in there to get plus two attacks on your melee weapons and all of a sudden your little slaughter queen hero actually becomes really scary in the game so um and and that's for most part most of the changes i mean the avatar of kane um i think is worth a mention it's finally lost the animate rule that it had previously Yay. Um, yeah so so you don't have to use a prayer to animate the avatar it's literally good to go from battle round one um which is great you know um it, it'd be cool to see um things like um uh slaughter queen i think her uh the slaughter queen on cauldron um her prayer her unique prayer that she's got has changed slightly it basically gives her the always strikes first special rule um which is really good if especially if you're fighting like 
mega gargants or uh, a mega boss and more crusher or stuff like that stuff where you want to be going first to get those attacks in because you know you're only 13 wounds of five up save and uh, a six plus ward save from um, you know fanatical faith ability and stuff like that um it, again it's it's a minor change but it will make a big difference um the new high gladder tricks character that we saw in the um oh god what's the box called now arena shades yeah um she's obviously in the book and her rule to give sisters of slaughter and witch elves um it it changes the wound characteristic from a four up to three up and gives them rend so all of a sudden you take that character with a unit of let's say 20 sisters of slaughter and all of a sudden you can get them on twos to hit and twos to wound quite easily with tons of attacks and if you take that temple with um uh if you take sisters slaughter and which elves and they charge and they get plus one rend well all of a sudden now they they're getting tons of attacks which are twos and twos minus two one damage you know that is scary from from don't get me wrong again you have to build that into your list and and you have to take the temple and so there there are some concessions and stuff like that but again there's going to be i I think with this battle tome you're going to see daughters players really taking very different armies and different approaches you know you might see big blobs of witch elves in one army. You might see Marathi and 15 Bloodstalkers in another army. Mm. And I think that's the, the big thing about this battle tome, bringing it into third edition, is it really does bring the rest of the battle tome up to a position where you can play the rest of the battle tome. You know, it's not just Marathi and the 15 Bloodstalkers list anymore. The rest of the battle tome has been raised up and brought up not quite to that level in my opinion because obviously range damage is still better than combat damage um but at the same time like i said the, the battle tome itself has has had uh, it, it's been streamlined it's been brought in line with third edition the war scrolls like i said were all super good you know the canary life takers which are the the harpies the, the close combat version we never saw them. I've never seen them on the battle table before. And now they've incre- they've improved their profile. It used to be two attacks, freeze and fours, no rent. Now it's two attacks, freeze and freeze, minus one. And again, you've got to remember with that blood right table, you, you know, you, you build the right list, you can get them plus one to hit on turn two. <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden that cheap little 90 point unit is putting out 10, 11 attacks, which are hitting on twos, wounding on threes that's scary yeah so uh, don't get me wrong but the battle tome itself is a glass cannon right you know they're gonna charge in they're gonna do tons of attacks and they either do enough damage or or and they kill what they're fighting or they're gonna get hit back and they're gonna lose a ton of stuff because again this army is not survivable it it it, it dies very quickly um but yeah but like i said apart from that the war scrolls for the most part, I've had some minor tweaks, but nothing, nothing major. Um, and like I said, the, the battle tome itself does. When you look at it in, um, like afterwards in hindsight, there are the changes that they've made have been super beneficial. 
And if I was a Daughters of Cain army, I would be looking at this battle tome and thinking, do I want to play Witch Elves? Do I want to play Sister Slaughter? Do I want to play Snakes? Do I want to play, you know, Bloodstalkers? How do I want to play this army? And I think you could play this army now for a couple of years and still play different lists. And that, for me, is the sign of a good battle tome. I think that's really important for me. I, I don't really want to be going to tournaments of whatever size and find, like, oh, I'm playing the Daughters of Cain. I know what they're going to have in their list. Nobody wants that, do they? No, I mean, I think you're still going to see Marathi in quite a lot of lists just because she's... She's still got that Iron Heart of Cain rule where she can only take three wounds in a turn. She's obviously super, super powerful. Um, but then now you look at her and you're like, you can actually get quite a lot of models for the same cost as Marathi. And then it really does become a cost-benefit analysis between the two. Um, but yeah, like I said, they've they really streamlined the book and really brought it into third edition. And like I said, I'm going to be working on some Daughters of Cain stuff for Path to Glory, and who knows, it would probably snowball into a full-blown army. And yeah, this battle tome has been absolutely phenomenal to read. So again, thank you to Games Workshop for sending us a, a, a copy free to review. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been awesome reading it. The most important question I want to ask, wanted to ask, and you touched upon it at the beginning of, your little, of, this, of this segment, is... It wasn't that long since the last daughter's book. Do you think it is different to Warren's release? Uh, yes. Um, my honest opinion is it, the previous battle tone probably shouldn't have. I mean, it's difficult to say, isn't it? Because the previous battle tone was probably delayed um, because of COVID and stuff like that. So it's it's always a bit difficult to say. You know, was that battle tome meant to come out when it did? Um, you know, was this battle tome meant to come out when it has? You know, um, but I think there's there's enough changes in this battle tome to justify the change. Um, like I said, the in the previous battle tome, it was Marathi and the Bloodstalkers, fifteen Bloodstalkers, and that was the competitive list. That that was what you saw Daughters of Cain players taking. Don't get me wrong, you're still going to see that. But I think this battle tome raises the rest of the book up to a very similar level. But in some ways, I think the Marathian Bloodstalker list will start to phase out. And, you know, hopefully we start seeing more Daughters of King players on the tabletop. I mean, we know that we'll get in a um, new General's Handbook relatively soon, next couple of months, summertime, which is going to really encourage you to take hordes. And, well, you know. <laughs> You can take a lot of hordes in the Daughters of Cain army. You know, one of the temples allows you to take a an extra reinforced or double reinforced unit of witch elves for free. So if you want to take ninety witch elves, you can do now. Which... That, I wonder if we'll see something like that for the Skaven as well, because I know the Facebook groups have been complaining about, you know, will we still have to have hordes and hordes based on the reinforcement limits? So maybe they'll get something similar to that. That's it. There's nothing to say there can't be a, a universal rule in the book that says Skaven can have extra reinforced units because they're Skaven. Yeah, and that I think is is the, the cool thing about this battle tome is, like I said, it it brings them into third edition 
whereas the previous battle tome was very much a second edition battle tome um this one yeah like i said it 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 raises the rest of a battle tome up and and gives you that versatility in not only list design but how you want to play the game and i i think that is well worth um a new battle tome for excellent i think that's a a great point to to finish on uh thanks very much that segment andy and and if you do want to check out his full written make sure you hit those podcast notes uh, for links to that particular review excellent stuff well we're gonna move away from the mortal realms because we're gonna go all to 30k press heresy love so we'll be right So it is time for our regular feature, the top three. And this week, we're going to be picking out models from the Horus Heresy range that would love to see plastic treatment. There is lots and lots on offer here. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see what you two pick for yours and, of course, the community segment. Who do I pick on to start? Let's start with you, Matt. What have you decided as your... Well, this was a super hard top three this week because there is so much stuff that I would like to see in plastic. Uh, but I'm going to go with the stuff that um, would make making armies marginally cheaper for people. Um, obviously, we've got a load of cool space money stuff coming out, but there are other factions that were active during the Horus Heresy. So for my number three choice, I've gone for the Solar Exilia. So these are the, the Imperial Guard equivalent in the Heresy Times. They have got some absolutely beautiful models, some awesome tanks and infantry. Um, but unfortunately, they're, they're all resin, and it is quite expensive to get an army of them together. I would love to do it, but it is way, way out of my budget. Now, if yeah. you had plastic kits to do them, however, I think that would make that army a lot more uh, achievable for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people would um would want to start the uh the heresy era era guard i, I, just, I just think that'd be really really cool so that's my are third you, choice are you, are you so you're cheating on your third choices basically instead of picking a model it's an entire range well I, you know what you know what you know what it'd be it'd be the basic infantry the basic infantry realistically that is what you'd need because then you could buy the resin command squad you could buy the resin tanks and hopefully down the line they'd bring out plastic ones but um i think that's that's the real stumbling block that you'd need just so many infantry and as you know expensive resin kits makes it a little bit harder doesn't it and we know we can sort because we had those um voidsmen which i don't think were a million miles away from the solar exilia no, they're not. So they they could definitely, absolutely do it. We've seen the current sculpt in, and I, I honestly think it's a matter of uh, when, not if. Obviously, not maybe not this year, but once they've got all the space marine releases out, there's lots of stuff that they can release for Horus Heresy that people would buy to make armies with. So that's my first choice. My second choice, Dave. I am also going to absolutely cheat and say the Mechanicum of <laughs> Mars. In particular, <laughs> again, the kind of the core stuff. The the the. I'm, if you're going to make me pick one, it's the, the Thanatar Siege Automatum, the big fella with a big mortal launcher on the back. Should have gone first. <laughs> <laughs> I've stolen all your ideas. So, yeah, but in, again, same kind of concept. I think at some point we will see all these get plastic kits, and it's the, well, you know, Primarchs of a core. That's unlikely. I think they're always going to be always going to be resin it's the it's the core building blocks of your army so your core automatum you kind of 
not guitar because they didn't have them at the time, but the weird like thrally things and the uh, myrmidons, I think they they called. So yeah, all that kind of core stuff for the uh, for the Mechanicum and you know and and maybe even dark Mechanicum, but uh, that's going down dangerous chaotic routes. And then finally, what is possibly the most expensive army to run for Horus Heresy, more so than the Soli Auxilia, it is the Titan Legions. In a three thousand point, in a three thousand point army of Horus Heresy, the Titan Legions, uh, you can do it with two Warhound Titans and a Reaver. I... That's a pretty, a pretty big force, and that's only three thousand points. So I've got, I've got a Warhound and a Reaver, but I, I, I do not own enough Titans to be able to run a legal force for Horus Heresy, <laughs> maddeningly. So my choice would be, and and Games Workshop like to put out big centerpiece kits and. I suspect it might be something like a Mastodon or a Thunderhawk that you guys are probably going to mention in your list. But I'm going to say a plastic Warhound Titan with 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 um, both Loyalist and Traitor options. I think that would be really cool. That would be very cool. Uh, and spoiler alert, you're wrong. It's not in my top three. might be in oh. Andy's, though. Um, nope, not but... mine. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that, that would be some centerpiece model, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be really cool. And and it means I could run a whole mana port in 40k scale, which would be awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. Well, that, you you did steal some of my ideas, so I'm going to run through my um, for my free choices. So my third choice, me, my third choice it wasn't in your list at all. Uh, it was a tank, uh, just a generic space marine tank, and it's the Legion Arquita bombard Ooh, with yeah. graviton charge cannon so this is the the mini tank which i think um jay's actually treated himself to although he's gone i think for the rockets instead of the bombard i can't which one's he, which one he's bought now um but i in particular like the bombard cannon i think that's really nice it's kind of like a plague burst crawler before it got chaosified um but i really like the shape of it i really like the cannon uh, kind of angled on the back of it a very very cool tank and um like you said Matt, it's it, it, you know it's not a, a tank it, we could see that in plastic and going forwards my second exactly, choice yeah. my second choice I, I was tempted to go the complete mechanical range like you were so i did end up picking just one which was exactly what you said <laughs> the uh Phanatar siege automaton um so I'm just going to agree with you there. I think there's a lot of cool robots for the Mechanicum. Um, I in particular like the, the the character, but like you say, the characters will probably continue to see in resin. Um, although it would be nice to maybe have a generic HQ on a floating um, platform, similar to Judith. She's got her um, floating um, uh, lectern for the sisters. It'd be cool to have something like that for the, the Mechanicum. Um, and I would like these all to be usable for the Adaptive Mechanicus in 40k as well, because that would be excellent. That would be really cool. Um, so I've picked... Um, I've not been quite as ambitious as you guys with my, my <laughs> release. It's been quite quite simple. Um, I, don't get me wrong, when we were at the um, uh, Throne of Scores, not Throne of Scores, uh, this weekend we had a look around the, the Heresy, and I, I did get quite a few ideas. and. I think if I was to to write a list uh, that wasn't a top three, we'd we'd be here all day. Um, but my third choice has got to be the Iron Circle 
Domita Ferrum class battle automata, Ooh, nice. which is the um, I believe it becomes Perturabo's um, like elite bodyguards. I believe. It does um, yeah, he's he's got his little entourage of them. Yeah, and and looking at them, they they look super cool. And every time we go Warhammer World with Jay or whatever, you know, he's he's always saying to me, you know, oh, if you're playing High Wars, you have to have a couple of those in your list. So. Yeah, I, I, I'd love that, but what I'd love in a plastic kit is um variety in options, um and, and just give me like different hand options and even have it as like a unique contempt to dreadnought or Leviathan Dreadnought version for the Iron Warriors, I think that would be super cool. Um so I, that was I my third of, of all the legions, I'm I'm surprised the Iron Warriors don't have their own um version of a contempt to raw. At least like their own version of a Leviathan or something. Yeah, something to set them out. I mean, they've got some, um, was it, uh, Tyrant Siege Terminators, which are all armed with Cyclone Missile Launchers, which uh, looks pretty intimidating. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd love to see the Iron Circle in uh, a plastic kit. Um, my second choice, I think will make Matt very happy, is the Runestorm Demon Brutes. Yeah, so, they're really cool, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I mean, looking at demons that are not quote unquote aligned to one of the four gods, you know, they are just demons. You know, they're, they're not aligned to Korn or Slanesh or Zinch, Nurgle. You know, they are just demons, and and these three demons, you know, they 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 are terrifying. If I was a space marine, you know, during the heresy, and I saw these demons, I would be terrified, and for me, they look so cool. They've got so many purposes. You know, you could use them in Slaves to Darkness. You could use them in Horus Heresy. You could use them, dare I say, you know, you could use them in the Blades of Corn Army. You know, there's so many versions of, or well, there's so many uses that you could get out of this one kit if you made it a plastic kit. And I'm listening to uh, Master of Mankind at the minute. And, um, yeah, demons are obviously mentioned quite a lot in that book. Um, so yeah, seeing, seeing some of these big brutes in plastic would be, would be awesome to see. Um, and then my first choice. So my, I, I've not really spent that much time reading, um, Horace Heresy books. I've listened to the first three on audiobook and I'm listening to Master of Mankind now, but my favorite character so far is Nathaniel Garrow Ooh. and I would love to see him in a plastic kit leading because um, I believe he because in, in the, the audio box I've listened to with him in he goes around the galaxy for uh, Malkador the Sigilite recruiting uh, space marines from different legions to form like a unique Squad, who I I think eventually go on to become the first Grey Knights, if I remember right. Mm. Um, so yeah, seeing that, seeing Nathaniel Garrow, um, in a, in a plastic kit for me, I yeah, I I would love to see that as a character series, or even as like a separate box set where you just have Nathaniel Garrow and the rest of his team members in a big squad. That for me would be would be super cool to see. Yeah, he's a very cool character. Uh, 
that's that's a really good shout. He's got quite a nice um, moment for four draw, but yeah, I'd prefer it in house if I could. Some excellent choices there, gents. Uh, again, a very a very difficult one. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what the community, of, which we're going to find out next. Time segment of this week's episode, and it's time to read out some of the community top three picks. We've been inundated, so we're going to read out as many as we can on Facebook. Nathaniel Nichols simply put Solar Auxiliary for all his choices. Um, he'd love to see them, and um, would be amazing as well. It would give him Sean has gone for the Stormbird as his third choice. Local second, the big guy Angron, a top choice. Um, I mean, we've got to be seeing a plastic demon Angron soon for certain 40 faction sub faction. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, has gone for Kitosuni, Kito the auxiliary on the wall, and might be a perpetual. Great to watch him grow, degrade as he fights. Matt, you'll know more. Him then we have absolutely butchered his name. Ron, a badass, a badass, a blood angel. Jay would be able to tell me from tell me off if I was uh, pronouncing him wrong. And Nemator for my salamanders. Isfan five was horrible. And then finally on Facebook, Alan Mead says in no particular order, Mechanicum Automator. He's picked up the Phalax, the Castellactar, Solar Auxiliar squads. And Malkador tank variants. I know for a while you were eyeing up a Malkador, Matt. Yeah, I, I really like the look of the Malkador. And again, it wouldn't surprise me if we get them. If if we get the, the, the guard equivalent, then could we get plastic guard tanks? Uh, maybe not year one, but, you know, a couple of years into release, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, what do we have over on Twitter? A lot, Dave. We have a lot on Twitter. So we'll try and cover some of the best ones. Uh, apologies if I don't read yours out. We have been snowed under with all 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 the poorest heresy models in the world but here's some here's some fun ones so we've got from andrew jameson uh, this is an interesting one i think it's unlikely they release characters in plastic so i've gone for for units uh, plastic jet bikes plastic horus heresy era bikes and mark ii armor marines all three of those i think are highly likely uh, anonymous rex says mechanicum tech thralls with laslocks the thanatar siege automata and the acastus knight porphyrian I love the Night Porphyria. I've heard you it's my favourite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, JB Paint says Leviathan Dreadnoughts, Scimitar Jet Bikes, and a Mastodon Heavy Assault Transport. I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility. Uh, Orlando Playable Waluigi says Plastic Tech Thralls, Plastic Thalax, and Plastic Thanatar Siege Automator. There's a lot of love for Plastic uh, Mechanicum. G Ambulance mm. Service says the Sons of Horus Command, a dual kit for an Assault Squad and Sons of Horus Reaver Squad, and Forge World Realm of Battle Tiles. Um, I can honestly see us getting uh, plastic assault marines at some point for the various marks of armour. I know Jay would drop all the money in the world and buy enough to make an entire army of them. Yeah. Uh, Claude Savagely says plastic breaches, plastic flyer, any of them, the Xiphon, the Storm Eagle, all the assault ram, and plastic mark four assault squads. Yes, I think so. Uh, Wild West Wargaming says it's pretty simple, all of them. But if I had to choose, I'd take the Cacophony, Fulgrim and Salt Harvitz. Uh, Pete Allison says Mechanicum Questorus Knight, that'd be cool. Anatar and Mark II armor, and then in brackets, Thunderhawk gunship. 
Uh, Nick Hughes has the bullet jet bikes and Anvilus drop pod and a crazy many part, many options cacophony set. Yeah, I would also like that. Jubal Khan says Thunderhawk Mastodon and the Golden Keshig. Yes, I are. Uh, see, plastic plastic jet bikes and the like, I would absolutely be on board for making a uh, a white scars a harmony. Mm-hmm. Um, Cygnus Maximus says the Scimitar Jet Bike Squadron, a Javelin Land Speaker, Speeder and Assault Marines. Uh, Johnny Dagroof says Mark II Tactical Squad, Mark V Tactical Squad, Assault box set with jump packs and weapons enough for 20 marines. A breacher box set with shields and weapons enough for 20 marines. A legion specific box set with transfers and parts for 20 to 50 marines. And a Lucifer Dreadnought. That is some super specific ones, but actually kind of along the lines of what we've seen for some of the supplemental releases for Horus Heresy. So yeah. you might not be disappointed there. Uh, Frederick Harbord says Leviathan Dreadnought, Sikaran Venator and the Mark III Breacher Squad. Leaky Cheese, says the Mark II Space Marine Tactical Squad, a Storm Eagle and a Fire Raptor. The latter two are supported by the Society of the Prevention of Cruelty to Hobbyists. If you've ever built one of those kits, you will know it is not a, um, a, a fun experience. And finally, James Harding says, GWF said we're getting core units in plastic. So let's go a bit more left field. Mastodon, Cestus Assault Ram and the Thunderbolt Fighter. There was loads more on Twitter. People shouted out like every kit ever. I'm really excited to see some of these in plastic. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think it's a really exciting era for us to be delving into in, in plastic and making it part of the the main range of uh, of games. Can't wait to see what they do. Can't wait for that box set to launch. Guys, I think that's the end of the uh, of the episode. Um, it's been a really uh, a really fun one. Uh, it's been great um, listening to you talk about the daughters, Andy. Yeah, it's been great talking about them. Um, hopefully, we're going to see quite a few of them on the tabletop uh, at events and stuff coming up because it's. Uh, I'm not going to lie, it's been a while since I've played against daughters. And I want to see. I want to see daughters units that I, I've never really. I really get. Um, that's that's what excites me the most. Uh, we of course have got a a great uh, episode coming up next week. Um, actually, Matt, I've not asked you what next week's top three is. No, well, next week I want to know your top three paints. This could be colours, oh. it could be rangers. I'll leave it a bit open to interpretation, but yeah, your top three paints. Oh, excellent. Um, so you'll be able to get your choices in via our social media over on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, we will be putting a tweet and Facebook uh, post out um, the day or so before the podcast recording, so you can get your options replied to on there. Uh, until next week, I hope you have a great week of hobby. Keep an eye on com for more content. Uh, including the reviews we've mentioned uh, in this week's episode. And yeah, we'll speak to you again very soon. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Spruce and Brews podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruceandbrews.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at spruceandbrews or head over to facebook.com forward slash spruceandbrews.